Life's uncertain journey. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us tonight for Life's Uncertain Journey's weekly podcast. We are uh, recording for Tuesday, January the 24th, uh, 2023. I am your podcast host tonight, Gina Dean Davis, and I have Life's Uncertain Journey's podcast team here with me, and I thank God for them. So before we get started, we're going to pray. Amen. Sister Dorothy, please. Father God, we come to the throne of your grace one more time. Lord, thank you for the dawn of another beautiful day. Thank, thank you for taking care of us from early this morning to this present time. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us and upon our thank families you. and upon our loved ones. We say thank you for everything. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the word that's going to come forth tonight. We yes. let you let us be yes. able to gather some knowledge and everything we need because we're going to be learning about how to be true worshipers because we're going to worship you in spirit and truth. Yes, Lord. Lord, we just ask you to bless us all and give us a baby, take something away from you that we can carry with us and tell others more about you, Lord. Tell them oh, more Lord. about your son, Jesus Christ. Yes. Father yes. God, we thank you. And Lord, we thank, thank you for everyone that's on here now and everyone that's going to be mm-hmm. getting on. We ask your blessing upon them and their families. We ask all this thank in Jesus' Lord. name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, sis, so Amen. very much. Um, Life's Uncertain Journeys podcast <clears throat> was launched, <clears throat> excuse me, back in um, 2000, <clears throat> 2016 after a gentleman uh, read my book and he asked me to uh, join his radio network. He had a radio network and uh, I told him at the time, I don't have any clue how to do that. I wrote the book because I know that's what I was supposed to do. And as far as I was concerned, I was done. I did what the Lord told me to do. But obviously, God had more plans than I had imagined. And so uh, I told this gentleman that I would work and see if maybe I can put something together. And I did. uh, By God's grace. However, the Lord had different plans for me. And I never got to join his radio network. But what God did was use him to help and inspire me to launch my own broadcast network, which later became a YouTube podcast. And that's where we are today. And uh, it's our desire to have the Lord use us to inspire some real talk about these troubled times that we're living in. You see, beloved, God doesn't want us to be ignorant about what's going down. And so what he did was he wrote it all out in his book. And so if we are students of the Bible and we read the Bible, most of us know what's going down. But then there are thousands of thousands of those who don't know the Lord and don't know what's going on. And their hearts now are probably fainting. They're probably worried about their children, their future, and a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, that can grieve their hearts. But uh, we are here by God's grace to share with you what thus say the Lord. He's the one that has the answers to um. To all that's going on in this world today, so you can rest assured that he will um, he will provide the answers. 
Our conversations are guided and directed by God's word. They're based on real life issues, all of which have God-breathed answers to them. As a matter of fact, there's only one true source of truth on this planet. And what's that? The word of God. Amen. So um, we welcome any uh, new listeners that are joining us tonight. All of those that are watching via uh, our Facebook, I hope it's live now, uh, or watching via YouTube, as well as all those that are here in the Zoom studio with me tonight. We also welcome those that download our podcast from iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio. Although we can't see you or interact with you, we know that you're downloading our podcast. We welcome you and we encourage you to send us an email to say hello or um, reach out at um, Life's Uncertain Journey at gmail.com. Um, one of our main goals for this podcast is to proclaim the gospel to everyone that God sends our way and to offer them an opportunity for discipleship. The gospel is the power God provided to point people to salvation that comes only through his son, Jesus Christ. It is the good news that God provides to all mankind to tell them that their sins have been forgiven. And he has made a way for men to have a divine relationship with their heavenly father. God created us for a relationship with himself, beloved. You see, we belong to him. We were kidnapped by an evil, wicked, fallen angel named Satan who got kicked out of heaven. He was mad with God and he mad with us because we're God's children. And he has held us captive to his vicious and deceptive lives for mo lies for most of our lives. And it has crippled God's masterpiece. You see, the Bible says that we are God's masterpiece. He created us and designed us meticulously for himself. So day after day, millions are led to believe that God is not real. And that has caused them to drift further and further away from the truth. But I tell you today, God is real. Amen, sisters. That's what I believe. Even I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God, even though my mother taught me to believe in him. But after she died, when I was so young and in much need of a mother, I, I determined that there was no way that there could be a God. That he would do that to innocent children, take their mom away and let them grow out, never knowing the love of a mother. Uh -uh. You can't tell me that there's a God. In so that's where I went. And no one could convince me that there was a God. And anybody that tried, I cussed them out. Don't try to give me no track because I threw it back in their face. Those were the signs of a lost young woman. That was me. But I have felt that I what I had deduced about the, the thing about God was real. No, he didn't, he doesn't exist. But he showed up in my life at a time when I was in a drunken stupor. I was not looking for him. 
I was not listening to some, you know, powerful gospel song and or nobody was preaching over the radio or any of those kind of things. None of those things would happen. I was drunk. And God spoke to me and called me by my name. And he said, he loved me. Hearing his voice sobered me up in a matter of seconds. I fell to my knees in tears, not really understanding what had just happened to me. But I did know that whatever it was, it wasn't normal. That was not normal, not for me. And here he was speaking to me in audible words in spite of my unbelief. So from that moment on, I was totally convinced that not only is God real, but according to his word to me, he loved me. And that he loved me so much that he knew I wouldn't pursue him. So he came after me. He came after me. I get all excited when I think about it. But my point is that God loves us so much that he will come after us. Although I wasn't looking for him, wasn't seeking for him, he showed up unexpected and uninvited. And he spoke to my heart that day. So, beloved, God wants you. He sent his son to die for you. And he gave us brains. And when they're not marred by disease or defect, they'll work pretty good. And God gave us brains that enable us to be able to deduce practical truths by observation. We learn that what goes up, going to come down. We, you know, nobody had to teach us that, but that was just an experience that we saw. You throw something up, it's coming back down. God gave us those brains. And then he wrote his signature across the sky. And in the majestic mountains, the beautiful seas and the diverse colors of all the creatures that he's made. Have y'all seen some of these ducks that have, look like somebody took a, 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 a paint brush and painted their colors on them? It's just mind blowing. He made all of that for us and put us here in this paradise until Satan showed up. And corrupted everything. We know that man could never create a mountain. He can't put stars in the sky. Nor can he tame a flood. He can't stop a snowstorm when it comes through. All you have to do is buckle up and get inside. But you won't stop that snow from falling. That's how handicapped man is. That's how limited he is. He wants you to think he's all that. But he's not. But our God, the one that created us. He is the one in charge. And he knew that all these things would transpire throughout time. And so he's already written a plan of escape for anyone that would believe. He sent us his son, Jesus. And if we would only believe in the sacrifice, God sacrificed his son. That's right. Who knew no sin, did no wrong, actually lived in heaven with God. 
But he loved God so much that when the father said, I want to send you to redeem my people, he said, I go. Gave up his deity and, and took on flesh like us, became just like us. But God is his father. But guess what? When we come into the knowledge of who Jesus is, he helps us to become sons and daughters of God too. And that's where God is desiring us to go to. If we'd only use our brains, stop listening to what everybody's telling you. Pick up the Bible, read it for yourself. God will reveal himself to you. He did to me. I didn't know anything about, you know, salvation and all these other kind of terms that, you know, you may hear people talking about. I knew nothing about it after God saved me. But I had this one little white Bible. And I blew it, I blew it up. I mean, I read every page, I don't know how many times, over and over and over again until it got stuck in my in my system. And I knew that God was working and changing me. And so today I'm here to proclaim that same gospel to you, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if anybody would choose to believe on his sacrifice, his death, burial and resurrection, that he would be delivered. His sins would be forgiven and he could become a child of God. And that's what's happening. All these ladies that you're watching on this podcast tonight on our podcast team, all of them have testimonies. If not similar, as powerful as what you just heard from me. They experienced it too. They know him. And they're right, Tawanda. She's a, the newest of our converts, but praise God, we've seen God do miracles through her life and continues to do it. She don't understand what's going on. Not, not everything, but she don't care. She just know him. And that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. If you know him, that's sufficient. That's the starting point. And he'll start adding to you. He'll start revealing himself to you and giving you all kinds of revelations and things like that. She's had those too. So um, know that we are grateful to God for this privilege, this opportunity that he gives us to share uh, the gospel with you. Um, and if you are interested in knowing more, just email us at lifesuncertainjourney at gmail.com. Also, we have a we have a discipleship study that we do for those who are ready to get serious and start their faith journey. We'll walk alongside you in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, mentor relationship. It's called Disciple Me. And we're, we'll walk, walk with you. And, you know, we may not go the whole journey with you, but we'll go a portion of the journey with you. God says, some plant, some water, but he's going to give the increase. You see? But get started at least. And let God begin to reveal himself to you and, and allow you to see the great and wonderful things that he's got in store for you through his son. Also, you can reach out to us if you have prayer requests or you just need a listening ear. You can just use that same email address, lifesuncertainjourney at gmail.com. And as soon as we see it, we'll get back to you as quickly as we possibly can. Amen. Also, <clears throat> for any of you that might be interested, uh, my husband and I host a Bible study on Thursdays at seven o'clock called New Beginnings. It's a verse by verse virtual Bible study and we're in the book of Hebrews right now. And if you're interested, you'd like to follow along with us, you can go to our website. It's Charlotte 
christianfellowship.org. And you'll find a link that you can click on and it'll take you right on into the Bible study. So if you're interested, we'd love to have you join us. Amen. So um, uh, our sister um, Cheryl is fighting something in her body tonight. And we just want to remember her uh, in our prayers. And I just wanted to mention uh, her for those of you all who may not know it, to keep her in your prayers um, as she's going through, she's, I think she said, she said she took the, the COVID test. Yes, ma'am. She's waiting she's waiting for, for, yeah, she's waiting for results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's waiting for the results. And so uh, you all keep her lifted up and pray that there's a negative re- 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 report that she'll get. Um, but God is able. That's his child. and He knows how to take care of his own. So we are continuing with this episode called Becoming a True Worshipper. And I'm going to ask one of the uh, podcast team members, if you would please read John 4, verses 21 through 24. This is the uh, theme scripture for our podcast conversation tonight. And um, someone read it for me, please. Let us know what version you read. 21 through 24. John 4, 21 through 24, right? Okay. I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. That's right. God is looking for these kind of worshipers. Not any other kind of worshipers. He's looking for these kinds of worshipers. And that's what our conversation is about and has been about over the last three weeks or so. We are coming together to seek God's face to ensure that we are becoming true worshipers based on the truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. We can trust God to do that. So um, uh, I wanted to ask uh, those that were with us last week, if you have any takeaways uh, from what we learned last week. Anyone? I kind of need a refresher because I got notes all over the place. I just want to make sure I'm in the right area. I'm sorry. I'll okay, that's yes, all right. Anyone else? I know. I know. Um, I joined a little late, but we were talking about worshiping in the spirit, and um, I think Miss Jan made a point of, you know, everyone has a different experience, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always look like someone else. Mm-hmm to keep that in mind and I have spoke up to how confusing it was in the beginning of my journey to watch 
people react to the spirit a certain way. And I thought I had to react that way in order to have that type of worship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I find that I, I'm a crier. I cry a lot, you know. Um, and I think Tawanda, you know, you are more of a, you know, is more um, body, you know, and, and singing. So I think that's important for everyone to know to not feel like, well, that person is speaking in tongue or that person is, you know, shouting um, and hollering or whatever. However, they they worship in the spirit is it's for them. And and I think that's important to call out because I know it confused me in the beginning. Yeah, God moves, God moves on us um, because he knows us. We're individuals. He created us different for a reason. We don't have the same gifts. We don't have the same uh, ministry callings and things like that. They're all diverse because that's the way God designed it. However, as Jesus, Jesus was explaining to this woman, I want us to focus on that because whenever Jesus says something, that's the, that is the model for you. Okay. And so he, the other thing I liked so much about it was that he did not put her aside. He wanted her to know how to worship. He took the time to have this conversation with her because she didn't understand. She she was genuinely inquiring and confused. You know, our folks do worship this way and y'all say do it that way, you know. But he wanted to assure her that there was a time coming where it wouldn't matter where you are. You can worship God. It won't be a matter of this temple or that temple because guess what he's done? He created us as his temple. Hallelujah. We are walking, talking temples of God. And his spirit dwells within us. So wherever we go, guess who go with us? You see, so it's not a matter of a place or time frame or or any of those kinds of things. The Holy Spirit is in us. He indwells us and, and he is leading us and guiding us and transforming us because we can't stay the way that we are. But worship is something that God says he is looking for true worshipers. And so to me, if they're true worshipers, there's got to be false worshipers. Okay. So it goes without saying that God's word is the blueprint. That's what we go by. God's word has all the instructions, all the information that we need to learn about worshiping, false worship, and anything else we want to know. It's all in God's word. So that's where we look. That's where we look and we ask God to reveal to us what it is he wants us to learn about becoming a true worshiper. Last week, I shared a video. Was that last week? That was last week, wasn't it? I shared a video that uh, very effectively depicted for us what a false kind of worship looks like. Okay. As well as the lack of worship 
that takes place among God's so-called followers, believers in Christ. Anyone recall any images from the video that stood out to you? Yes. Any of you ladies? All over the place, pulling their hair out, crying, screaming, trying to get to Michael Jackson. Yeah. That was that was their idol worship. They worshiped uh, Michael Jackson and the girls was falling out, fainting and carrying on. I mean, well, I can't talk because I was I, I was there too. Worshiping idols. And he ain't even here today. But God is. Jesus is. And those images helped you to kind of get an idea of what happens when when people are just totally, you know, engulfed in idol worship. Anyone else have any takeaway in any of those images that stood out to you or anything that came to mind? Um, What came to mind to me is um, how now a lot of entertainers, they name their worshipers, their fans, like the Beehive. And um, I think the other lady, I can't think of them, but they have these names for them. Like they dub them. followers right they're fans and um i remember reading this really good book about not a fan god is not looking for fans he's looking for followers what i saw with michael jackson (laughs) was more than a fan i don't know what that was that was like and i just remember like my sister growing up had we had michael jackson everywhere i thought he was related to us it was so many pictures of michael (laughs) I did not know it looked like real pictures in a photo album. I was just like, until I knew who he was. But yeah, it's like now that you don't even know that that's your idol, you know, because the fans, they don't know that they're idolizing this painter. Yeah, like some people get in real trouble focusing so much of themselves on that person that they become sick. Some can even die just because of all of that that they put in that one person yes. if that person acknowledges them or don't acknowledge them it's all of a sudden they mind just switched to somewhere else mm, no yeah wow. yeah it, it it's 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 sad to watch it really is but um a book that she referred to uh not a fan mm-hmm. in that book they asked them to find the relationship you had to be defined and he was one you defined if you were going to be a follower or a fan so right. what one are we today? That's right. That's right. And there are a lot of Jesus fans. There are a lot of people that that you know you see on the um interviews and things on TV, you know, they act like they know Jesus and don't have a clue. They just like hanging around or or, or being a part of that club, you know, that says that they that they know Jesus or they follow Jesus. But um all you got to do is look at a person's life. I mean, it gives you all kind of indications of whether that's true or not. But um, the one, uh, the one scene that uh, impacted me uh, primarily was, um, you know, the sports fans and how they get all excited about their teams. I mean, 
Johnny and I, he he loves sports, and we were watching some shorts of sports fans watching their game. And these men were getting so caught up in the game that they would break their teeth on TV. You ever see something, something so stupid? You you're watching the game and you get so excited that you break the TV. You can tell that they, they, you know, that's not the right spirit. Of course, you know, you wouldn't be tearing up your TV, especially if you wanted to watch your game. But that's the kind of foolishness that comes out of it. And, uh, but the part that got to me was why I don't see that kind of excitement and exuberance in Sunday morning worship. You know what I mean? You you may see one or two people lift their hands, you know. You may, you know, see somebody, um, you know, crying or something like that. But it is very nominal. You know, it's not, it's, there's not a lot of that happening. And so um, I don't know about anybody else, but most of the time, um, it's a very reverent and um, actually, sometimes you can actually lose focus of being in the sanctuary, in the church, because all you see is him seated on his throne. All your heart, all your thoughts goes toward him. Yeah, I know you know what I'm talking about. That is, and, so that is, that is, yeah, that's so true. It's like you blank out. Yeah. That's what the Yeah, it becomes like a. If you don't hear, it's like want, 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 like Charlie Brown sound, like want, 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 want. You don't hear it. It's hard to explain, but yeah, yep. you just tone out. Everybody. Yeah, and I used to be one of the people that be looking around, like, oh, I hope they don't think I'm doing too much. But I don't remember the couple of times I almost knocked somebody down because I was just, I didn't even realize I was flailing my hands, but I was just so. Sometimes you just, yeah, it, it's a place where you're just grateful. It doesn't matter what. The situation yep. is going on. you're just grateful. You're grateful that you woke up. You're grateful that yes. he's yes. to and be in fellowship with others and just spread that gratefulness to others. It's it's just a gratefulness. Just yeah. Yeah. And you can't contain it. You don't want to contain it. You know? And you so know, um the most the um grateful war, and it does have something to do with worship because it's the reasons. Um, you know, why we worship. And all I think of is even before I was formed in my mother's womb, God had a plan already to get, sorry, my grandson, already um, crafted to, to deliver me from the penalty of sin. He, you know, just before I was even thought of, before I was born. So I knew that there was someone there that loved me so much, even before I loved him. Yep. Loved me. He loved you. He loved everyone on this call. And then some, even when we were unlovable, he still loved us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Carmen, can you share some of the comments uh, coming up in the chat? Because I, can, I can't see them. I got my thing up here. Yes, ma'am. Let's see. This one is from uh, Elaine. It showed me how far the human heart is from God. How easy is it to worship things or people 
that have no relation to us. But we have a king, our creator, who sits on the throne, and he is worthy, worthy of our praise and worship. Amen. Amen. I can remember a time where I didn't, I didn't, well, I knew about him, but I didn't acknowledge him. I always said, y'all Jesus or y'all God, I don't want no part of him. Um, But I didn't realize how deep in that darkness that I was swallowed up in, that I welcomed and prayed for death. And then I got angry when he didn't allow death to just take me because it just seems like home to me. Death, everything around me was decaying. I was dead. I was dead and just walking around existing, but dead to people, to the world, to him, dead. And I got angry when he kept saving me, angry. And even now, when I continue to turn away from him and tell him to get away and just talk mean to him, he still showed up. Every time I needed him, he showed up. Even when I didn't think I needed him, he showed up. Glory to God. He used to show up, letting me know that you can think how you want to think. You can continue to do how you want to do. I'm going to let you bump your head, but I want you to know that I'm there. Yeah. That I'm there. I see you. I love you for who you are. The world will always be unsatisfied with you, but I made you in the image of me. Yep. My workmanship, my image, his mercy and his grace. That's it. You need to understand that he pours it out lavishly on us. On us. Yes, he does. Grateful Mm -hmm. is not a big enough word to use for why I'm sitting here today. Why death was knocking on my door. Why death was in my house, laying next to me each and every day. Yep. And yet his light kept shining brighter and brighter. That's him. You can't have my child. That's him. He's mine. Mm-hmm. That's our God. That's our God. Like I said, he will come after you. In spite of all the trips and traps that Satan can set. Um, but uh, what I wanted to do is um, there were some um, passages of scriptures that uh, we 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 kind of looked at last week um, that kind of um, presented us with an image of how the uh, saints of God worshipped Him, you know, in the first church Israel, and also in the New Testament. And uh, so we, uh, if someone could get Second Samuel, the sixth chapter. And read verses 12 through 23. And then um, following that, I want us to look at um, a New Testament version, Luke 7, 36 through 47. So somebody get Samuel and somebody get Luke, please. I have Samuel. Okay. Um, it's in Second Samuel. Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. 
wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael's daughter of Saul watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael's daughter of Saul came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. Yeah. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael's daughter of Sal had no children to the day of her death. Yes. Now, I, I really chose that passage of scripture to show that people don't understand the joy that we have when we worship it and praising God. It looks like foolishness to them. Oh, you ain't got to do all that. You know, we don't call for all that. But it's primarily because they don't know like we know. Like Tawanda was saying, if you know where we came from, the kind of torment that Satan had us under, and then God shows up and delivers our soul, and we know we don't deserve we we didn't deserve that. Look, I know for me, I did everything I was big and bad enough to do. I didn't care. I had no no sense of shame in me, not nowhere. And that was the wicked woman that I was. However, it did not stop God from coming after me. And when I discovered that he was real, oh, that changed everything. Oh, you can't make me doubt him now. I don't care what you say. Nothing can make me doubt the reality of God. After all I've seen in these 73 years, uh -uh, you can't do it. And I'm telling you, it's when people see the kind of service, the kind of fellowship and worship and all that that we do, you know, staying in God's word, don't have time to finger dance and finger pop no more. I, w- I want to be with my king. You know, they don't understand it. But that's OK. You know, may God reveal it to them. But in this particular case, David's wife was trying to call him foolish for worshiping God like he did. I mean, he just got, you know, he got his jiggy on. And he danced before the Lord because he remembered Saul was trying to take his life. He had to run for his life. 
all the things that God had brought him through from the time God told him that he was going to make him king to the time he, he went into Jerusalem that day. It, it, was a, it was a while. And God is saying, beloved, when I see you worshiping me like that, God says it gives him great joy because he knows that our hearts are, are open and full toward him. And um, who has Luke 7? Did somebody find Luke 7? Yes, ma'am, I have it. 36, okay. 36 to 47? Yes, dear. Okay. This is the NIV version. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if, if, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of man, woman she is. Yeah. She is sinner. Jesus answered him. He said, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown, but whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. Amen. That's right. And you see another expression of worship that this woman had. She didn't care what the men were saying, what they were saying, what Simon and nobody else said. All she knew is that this man had delivered her from death. This woman had, uh, you know, they say that this is um, the lady that was delivered of the many demons, you know. She met Jesus and she knew what he did for her. And there was no, no stopping her from worshiping him in the manner that she felt like worshiping. When she took her head and wiped his dirty feet, crying the whole time out of gratitude, gratitude that was in her heart for what he had done for her. So just like we say, you know, there is, uh, you may do, you know, have your worship of God in, in any kind of form, but it comes from a genuine place. It comes from where? The heart. You see, it's not a, a, a show or a form of, of uh, letting people, you know, see how much you 
worship God or serve God or any of those things. It's out of a heart of love that we have that causes us to be totally abandoned in love with him. Totally abandoned. That I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. It may sound weird to them or look stupid to them. That They got to figure that out. I've already figured it out. I love God. And so we also discovered last week that uh, one of the key features um, to this worship that God is looking for, becoming a true worshiper, um, was that um, he wanted worshipers who would worship him in spirit. And that's a little S. That's not a big S. The big S is the Holy Spirit. The little S is our spirit. It comes from our heart. Okay. And that is what the kind of worship that God is seeking. We're not worshiping him according to any other reason outside of the truth, which is God's word. Okay. And you may, you don't even have to know the whole word of God, but I promise you his Holy Spirit will, before you know it, he'll have you doing God's word without you even paying any attention to it. And so God has said in, uh, Jesus told us in, um, in Matthew that we have to love the Lord, our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. Okay. That is from our deepest being. That's where this should come from. And we see that um, uh, as many of us are ashamed today, some of us even call him Lord, you know, to call Jesus our Lord. We we don't even, you know, profess to even know him. Me and my husband was in the, um, we had to get the car fixed this week, you know, and I was sitting there. Um, Dialed into the prayer call. And I, it, it was loud enough for the, for people to hear what was being prayed. And this woman all the way across the room says, hallelujah. So people in here praising God. You know what I'm saying? You, it, it, it goes without question that this is our way of life. This isn't a show or nothing. You know, this is the way we live. We live in love with God. And that's what comes out of our love for him is our worship of him. But before uh, before it gets too late, I wanted to talk about that other form of worship. Remember I said that if there's a such thing as true worship, there's also such a thing as false worship. And um, uh, there's a passage of scripture that um, I came across that I wanted us to look at, and it's in the book of Leviticus. And, you know, I was asking the Lord, you know, just how uh, how that actually turned into a, a form of worship. But um, these gentlemen that we're going to read about, they had the responsibility of worshiping God by uh, offering up sacrifices for people. They were of the Levitical priesthood. And I'm going to read from uh, Leviticus. In the Old Testament, Leviticus, the ninth chapter. And um, I'm going to start reading at verse 23. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. 
And when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering. These people were there to worship God. And this was God's response to their worship. He showed up. And he wanted them to see that he showed up. So he caused fire to come down to consume the offering and the pieces of the fat that was on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now, the, the word worship in the Bible comes from the Greek word proskuto, which means to prostrate yourself, to fall on your face before God. I don't know if you read in the Old Testament, but when uh, Israel was taken into ca uh, captivity, Babylonian captivity, they took the Ark of the Covenant and put it in a room with their God, Dagon. They had, you know, the, 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 um, the uh, Babylonians worshiped a God called Dagon. And so they took the Ark of the Covenant and put it in a room with their God. When it came next morning, they found that God had fallen on his place. The, 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 the stone statue had fallen on his face before the Ark of God. You know, they probably didn't think anything of it. Well, I don't know why the thing fell over. So they picked it up, put it back up, you know, stood it back upright. Came back the next morning. Yeah, the statue was again. This time his head was cut off. The head of the statue fell off. God was showing him people, I'm God. This is no real God. It, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bow to your God. Your God, your so-called play God gonna bow to me, and I'm gonna cut his head off. But the, the the passage that I wanted us to look at is in verse in, in Leviticus 10. Now, um, Nadab and uh, Abihu, these were Aaron's sons. Aaron's sons were also trained to do what Aaron did. And so each one of them, they took a, their censer. Now, the censer was the thing that held the incense. You know, when you when you went into the Holy of Holies, you had to take this incense with you. It was a, a figure of worship to God that, um, you know, came up before him, the, 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 the smell of the frankincense and, and whatever the the uh, the concoction of things that they put together to, to create the incense. God says, nobody else can smell like that. Nobody else can use this perfume. This is mine. And so they had to make it a certain kind of way and put it in this censer and, and take it in uh, to the, to the uh, sanctuary. So he says, each took his censer and they put fire in it. That's what makes the smoke of the censer come up is the fire. Okay. And they put fire in it and laid incense on it. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which had not been commanded them. Earlier on, you'll read that the, the fire that they were to use was fire that God produced. Okay. It wasn't like somebody lit, lit, a, lit a, 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 a log or something. And then you take that the fire from that log and you can light up all the lights. No. God says the fire that I've created, that's the fire y'all use to light up the incense. 
but they were lazy and they didn't do it that way. So they, they took fire from some other source. And the Bible says that fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them. And they died right there. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord said, among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. Don't, in other words, don't take me for no chump. If I give you instructions on how to serve and how to worship me, you'd better keep to the to the to the rule, to the to the letter of the commandment that I gave you. Because these guys lost their life that day, that day. And even though they were Aaron's sons, God told them he could not even mourn them. Don't even mourn them. Because it was an egregious thing to defy God in such a way. After giving you the privilege of serving him and his people in the temple, and you're going to do it your way. And this is where, um, you know, our hearts need to be open and understand. God does not accept any old kind of worship. And if we think that our little 10 minutes of hallelujah is sufficient, for the kind of worship that God says, the kind of worshipers that he's looking for, then we need to go back to the drawing board. Just get on your knees and ask him. Don't take my word for it. You know, and and and, and we're, we're all are guilty. You know, if we got 10 minutes before it's time to get up and catch that bus, you know, we'll read a couple of scriptures real fast. Real, thank you, Lord. You know, say the Lord's Prayer and off we go. That is how we treat our God. And so I'm asking God to have mercy on us tonight. We're going to pray. I'm going to close out uh, with prayer because we have got to see that God is not pleased when we give him our leftovers. When we offer to him things contrary to what he desires, he wants us to worship him in spirit. That is with our whole being being attentive to him, not, 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 you know, God over here and we all look at, looking at TV at the same time. No. And so he can teach us. He will teach us how to worship him. So father, we're coming before you tonight to say, have mercy on us. Oh Lord, forgive us Lord God for our lax, lackadaisical worship that we give to you. Father, you deserve so much more. You saved our lives. Our lives belong to you. So, Father, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Show us how you would have us to worship you. And let us not be like Nadab and Abihu and do it any old kind of way. Help us, Lord God, to be consistent to worship you in the manner in which you show us. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you that you're such a merciful God. Thank you that you love us the way that you do, Lord. You know that we're but flesh. You know that. And you know how much we need you. So we commit, commend and surrender ourselves to you. And we ask you to have your way with us, Lord. Have your way. Clean us up. Get us ready, Father. For the day is coming. We're going to worship you all day long. And we can begin that process right down here. 
Help us, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, saints. Amen, amen, amen. We've amen. got um we've got about four minutes, and um I had a, a wonderful conversation earlier today with Carmen. I don't know, don't know if she's even feeling up to it, but she was sharing with me this morning about uh her her, her time of worship with the Lord. And you may not feel up to turn all, all the details, Carmen, but please just share with them how God blessed you this morning. Well, I mean, it, it started off with just this conversation of worship and um, I just began to make be deliberate about my time spent and I get up extra, extra early, like five, between five and five thirty. And before I do anything else now, I will get my coffee and I just sit there with him in my war room and, um, you know, just time over time, you know, just hearing his voice, just talking to him, reading scripture. But this last time, um, he he pointed out some things in my heart that I didn't know were there. And so that's why I think that this time of worship is so important is because there's things that we don't even know. We just continue to ask God to examine our heart. But if we're not in his face to listen or we don't make time for him to talk to us, then how will we ever know? Amen. So Amen. Now it's like I don't hit the snooze because I am I'm excited about what it is that he is going to show me, um, or if I just want to just sit in his presence and just feel his his love around me. Like I said, I'm a crier, so I come out with my eyes all puffy, but I'm happy, and I'm and and just in a different different mindset to start my day. But I just I I love this topic, and um, it's it's been very um, what's the word when God is poking at you? Um, God is in my mind. I'm poking at you. When he's poking at you, you know that. I used to call it annoying, but it's not anymore. It's, it's like, you know, you intentional and, and, and you are not doing it. You're being disobedient. And he keeps poking and poking and poking because he mm-hmm. loves. He had been poking me. Persistent. He's persistent. He's so persistent. He's like, you're not giving me enough because I keep asking him for stuff. And he's like, well, you're not giving me enough. And it wasn't like enough stuff. It was enough time. Yeah. And, be very careful because the enemy enough you yes <laughs> and the enemy will take up our time have y'all not noticed that like it's like you you're like what yeah. you, you know he makes distractions happen things yeah. you know, your alarm don't go off you're like I don't set the alarm anything to keep you from having that time yeah he don't like it yeah and it's so important it's it so- is that's it why it's important for us you, to be deliberate in our praise, in our worship. It doesn't matter. That's the word, Twanda. Turning on your car, whether it's walking to your car, whether it's dropping your children off, pray with them and for them. And just while you're driving to your destination, you praise right. him. You let him know, Father God, I'm hearing you. I'm here. I'm available. I'm open to hear your voice. Talk to me. Sometimes you got to pull over and start crying. And I dance. I don't care where I am. I dance. I don't care what it looks like. What people think of me, I'm going to give him his praise because I know. Yeah. Amen. Be deliberate about your praise. Be deliberate about your time with him. Absolutely. And know this, that if Satan would tempt Jesus Christ to worship him, you know he's going to come after us. It's It's in his repertoire. If he can draw us away, distract us, from time with God, he's going to do it. 
Just like she said, he'll distract us. I know it's happened to me many a time, but it's a battle. You keep fighting and you keep striving. The Lord will help you until after a while, he'll figure out it's not going to work anymore. Ain't no use of me trying her in that area no more. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Amen. Well, saints, thank you all so very much for joining us. Hey, Martha and Elaine, Darlene, Stephanie. Thank you all so much for joining us, Dorothy. Hey, Martha. It's so good to see you all. And I hope that you all are really blessed by what God is teaching us. And just know that he wants us to, to know these things. That's why he's bringing them up. And he's going to help us. He's definitely going to help us. So you all enjoy your evening. And next week, Lord willing, we'll be together again. Amen. Have a good night. Good night, saints. Love you all. Dorothy. God bless you. Good night.